This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This BFM Budget 2023 special is brought to you by Marsing. 7.48 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Shaoning and Jen Sun. In the lead-up to the retabling of Budget 2023 this Friday, we're checking in with various industries and stakeholder groups on what they hope to see addressed by the finance minister come prime minister. Uh, despite making up 50% of the population and electorate, women, unfortunately, face systemic advantages at the economic, social and political levels. Hence, it's important to pay attention to how the government aims to address these imbalances in the budget. So the previous iteration of the budget table in October promised tax relief for women returning to the workforce, funding and training programs for women in businesses, as well as setting up gender-focal teams across the government to improve policymaking and implementation. The budget for the Ministry of Women, Family and Community Development was also increased by 26% to 3.4 billion ringgit. So do these proposals go far enough to ensure that women's rights are upheld and strengthened? And what should the government focus on in the updated budget 2023 this Friday? So, joining us on the line now to discuss this is Nur Aiza Shamsul Baharin, representative of the Gender Budget Group Coalition. She's also the president of Women Entrepreneur Network Association. Aiza, good morning. Thank you very much for joining us. So, let's start with um, maybe getting your assessment of how the government is performing so far in the first three months in terms of policies and actions affecting Malaysian women. What are some of the wins and misses that we've seen? Yeah, so obviously, if we've been watching the news, we saw the latest one about um, how um, children born of Malaysian mothers will automatically get nationalship. So that, I think, is a, is a great progress. Uh, that issue has been on the table for many years, and we're happy to see that we finally um, decided to give the same rights to mothers as well as fathers. And then um, I, I think... Um, Another big thing that has come to be would be the maternity leave that was started last year, but it got postponed. And this year, we're back in, in force. So I would say that that's, um, that's an excellent thing to give 98 days. But I would also like to see more incentives given to um, smaller companies on how they would manage that. Because like, we were ready to to give 60 days and now 98 days is quite a burden when you're a small uh, company and also because women employ women. So then uh, we would like to see some kind of incentive that goes in, uh, at least for the first two years, for the government to help um, give some kind of congenital grant or something like that, right? Um, The 38 extra days will be covered by some kind of um, government assistance to small companies. Aiza, the Gender Budget Group advocates for gender-responsive budgeting. Can you help us mm-hmm. understand what this looks like when it's mainstreamed through the government rather than solely applied to the relevant ministry, which is the Ministry of Women, Family and Community Development? Uh, recently, if um, about last year, I think, I saw this news about how um, a mother was taking her child to, um, she was in Sabah, so she, she had to travel six hours to take her child to KK because that's where um, the hospital was and the baby died on the way there. So one of the things that we keep seeing is um, how do we how do we get it across the board? So like, uh, for example, if MOH works on having uh, more hospitals in the rural areas, then we look at how, 
all the needs of women for OBGYN, um, women who are facing sexual violence, how do they come across? And then we look at JKR, for example, um, as they as we build the hospitals, they need to make sure that the roads are available. And then also we look at things like um, uh, if we are walking alone at night, is it safe? Is there lighting? So when you have a gender-focused uh, approach to every department, you can see where um, there are things that can be done to help uh, specific groups be better, feel better. So when we talk about gender, um, it's not just women, it's also women, men and children as well. Okay, let's take a look at the first iteration of Budget 2023, which, which was tabled in October last year. It did address the protection and empowerment of women, or women. but is there anything you would like to see retained in this retabled budget or perhaps even changed? So, so I'm a bit wary always of, of budget given for training because training is just a one-off uh, KPI. You know, we would like to see more more budget given to um, how do we take that training and take it forward so that businesses are more stable. So these are things that we could do maybe through the, the CSOs, um, the community support organizations, the NGOs. And also, um, how do how is it measured? So you see um, every year that there are money given to, to groups, but we don't know how effective it is because there's no, there's no uh, data coming back on what was given, how was it implemented, and what was the impact of that giving. So we would like to see more data-driven initiatives. And <clears throat> earlier you spoke, Isa, about... Um in initiatives for women in the workplace, right? Focusing specifically on maternity leave and the kind of assistance that uh, smaller firms may need to implement um, the full 98-day maternity leave policy. What other uh, policies do you think the government should be looking at to incentivize women to participate in the economy overall? The, the pandemic gave us an outlook of how it would feel to to actually have flexible hours so some people would work from home and how that can support the family structure because the woman usually does most of the the daily activities they send the kids to school they pick up the kids they prepare the food so these are things where if women have more flexible hours um, or the ability to do some work from home then they would be more encouraged to come back to work and you also see that a lot of the, the micro-entrepreneurs and the informal uh, sector are all women as well. So they, they don't get any tax incentives because they are they are in the informal sector. So how do we reach out to, to this group? And there, there are quite a huge group out there. And again, uh, we don't really know how many because there's no effort being done to calculate or to, to see how many of them are there. So again, the gender aggregated data. So when we look at a specific industry, how many women are in there and how many women are affected. So these are the things that, that we would like to see happen. So even with the emergency leave, like, um, what we are worried about, will it stop young women from being employed? Because if you have a choice between a man and a woman, will an employer go for a man knowing that this lady um, is about to get married or will be having kids? Would that stop an opportunity? Because it was a great thing. And then would that actually cause um, also unconscious bias about hiring women? And Aiza, are there any specific initiatives that you suggest to the government that would support women's employment in SMEs? I would say I would say making it um, um, you know more women friendly so that would be um, 
specifically how do we stop discrimination because with the Mentality Act, there is no clause that stops discrimination. If you felt that you've been discriminated against, you have to bring it up. If, if you find that um, your contract was not renewed because you you just got pregnant, then how do you raise that issue? So these are the things that, that I think we need to have uh, more focus on in order to, to help women. So in terms of um, policies, I would say we are very, very, very... Um, uh, you know, friendly towards entrepreneurs. You know, I, I feel that I've traveled um, to ASEAN countries and I feel that Malaysia has given the most support um, to, to entrepreneurs regardless of whether they are female or male. So so in that context, I have, I have no complaints about that. You know, it's just, it's just like um, how else can we help in terms of promoting more people to employ women? Let's say that. Aiza, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Noor Aiza Shamsul Baharin. She's a representative of the Gender Budget Group Coalition, and she's also president of the Women Entrepreneur Network Association, talking to us about some of the policy recommendations that she hopes to see in Budget 2023, making a lot of really good points there about some of the uh, advances that we've made, but also the gaps in implementation and where we can still improve in order to ensure that women can have their table, can be at the table when it comes to economic participation. Yeah, I think the point that you mentioned on equal gender opportunity, I think it's that's very crucial, very vital. And I think employers are somewhat guilty of having this uh, unconscious biasness when employing women sometimes. And um, in my 20 plus years of career, I've, I've also seen it happen, maybe not explicitly, but it was mentioned that, you know, if a woman that we employ gets pregnant, that's like three to four months of, uh, of uh, work taken off in a year, which I feel in this day and age, it's probably unfair given that a lot of work can be done at home and a lot of mothers can actually balance their work and also there's a lot of help given within the community to actually raise your child as well. And not to mention it takes two parents to raise a child. Exactly. And I feel that putting that burden just on the woman or expectations on the woman, it's very, it's out of date. Yeah, maybe we should move away from maternity leave to some form of family you know, leave where it's up to the spouses to decide you know, how they want to allocate this leave. Um, the other thing is, should we consider pay equity laws to promote uh, fairness in the workplace so that men and women receive almost the same amount of pay for the same job? And the thing is, Isa pointed out to a real lack of data, a real lack of gender segregated data. I hope that's something the government will be looking to moving forward. Uh, we are coming up to 7.59 in the morning, heading into the 8am news bulletin. And then after that, on the breakfast grill, Chong Jensan speaks to Datuk Philip Ho, the CEO of Pavilion REIT. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. This BFM Budget 2023 special was brought to you by Marseille. Reinvent spaces. Enhance life. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.